come before your throne of grace to receive revelation and understanding, grace to help us in the time of need. We thank you, Lord, for understanding. Bring us understanding today as we listen to you and hear what you have to instruct us in. Instructions for living, instructions for victory. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. (coughs) Praise God. Uh, So I thought I'd talk to you today about the fact that we are the resistance. Amen. We are the resistance. The church is the resistance. And um, we are here to resist the powers of darkness. Uh, The God of this world kind of tends to run everything. Amen. Uh, So he thinks. He runs a temporal world. And he did it by trickery and deception and lies. And that's why it won't stand. Uh, it will not stand uh, because Jesus is Lord. God is all-powerful, but God has to work legally. Amen? Legally. He is not illegal. He doesn't have to break his own laws in order to get victory. And so what we are, as the church, are doing here is we are resisting the established order in the earth. We are resisting uh, principalities and powers who have taken um, this world illegally from God. Uh, the devil has never created anything. He's never. He doesn't own anything. He is a liar. He is a thief, and he is a destroyer. So we resist him steadfast in the faith through truth, through the Word of God, through declaring what is written. We declare the written judgments against him, and we carry those out. That's why this ministry was established, to execute written judgments, amen, against the enemy. So what we are doing is we're just serving warrants, amen. And uh, these are already written. There's 66 books of them. And these are written warrants against the illegal power of darkness that continues to hold people captive, that continues to deceive, that continues to steal. See, what the devil does is he steals from you and hides behind human flesh so you can blame somebody else and render your power ineffective, right? So the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against princes. So remind yourself, it's not the human being that's doing the stuff. It's the power behind that is doing everything. And you'll win the war if you go after the power behind. If you keep fighting, stressing, uh, striving against flesh and blood, you are working on the enemy's side because you're using his power. So it just keeps confusion when that happens. It keeps a stalemate going. And, and you, you kind of waste your time uh, by uh, focusing on the wrong area and so what you want to do is allow God to give you your weapons of warfare allow God to instruct you allow allow God to give you your assignment uh, and and work in the area that he's given you and you'll be very very effective so he tells us we will be witnesses for him in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth so really your power extends across the whole earth You are an international force to be reckoned with. 
and see that's where the enemy can get in there and start to try and pervert you think oh it couldn't be me I don't know anything uh, yeah 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 just pull the trigger is what God is saying you don't have to know how the gun works let me show you what you need to do with it just pow and release your authority and release that prayer and hit the devil upside his head real good Amen. (laughs) So I thought I'd talk a little bit about resistance movements because we have one going on here in this nation. Amen. And uh, you have to be careful with things. This is the time to walk a fine line relying on God, his spirit, and his truth so that you can stay on the right side of things and you'll maintain your victory. There are many people who have preached the gospel for years, fought long and hard on God's side, and then all of a sudden flop over and get deceived by the enemy. A lot of it's personal. There are moral failures in their own life. Sometimes it winds up being political. Sometimes it's religious. So you have to watch all of these fronts of influence in your life to stay true to God and true to his word. It's not hard to do. If you've walked with God at any time, you have to understand that you can continue to walk with God, but you've got to stay true to him. You have to daily make your confession before God. You have to daily lift up hands and give God control over your day. You have to, these things we do uh, because we have developed the habits, spiritual habits, must be maintained in order to stay where you're supposed to be. Uh, you can't let anything enter into your heart that's selfish. You've got to understand that God will take care of you. You don't have to take care of yourself. It's where we start trying to do what we do to get what we want is where we veer off, you know. And so it's very, very easy to slip over, but you can repent and slip right back where you slid from and stay faithful to God. And so I thought I'd share a few things about the history of resistance, uh, what resistance looks like in this nation and what uh, the American Resistance Party They even have a website, so I went on there and looked it up to see what they were all about. But the word resistance, of course, you know, comes from uh, the desire to not give in. Not give in to a power or an influence that you feel morally uh, um, uh, will morally corrupt you or it's against your moral standing, put it that way. So the most popular one and probably the most successful one was the French resistance movement that started during World War II or was a part of uh, World War II history. Uh, This French resistance was a movement of cells of armed citizens, men and women, who fought against the Nazi and the Vichy regimes in World War II, Vichy is V-I-C-H-Y, that was, a, that was the official government of France. But because the Germans had threatened to invade France, they decided to sign a compact with Hitler to give Hitler control over France. So there are people who have felt forever that they didn't want to submit to hostile forces. 
even though the Germans had threatened to bomb that country and take people hostage and all of that, uh, there were there were pockets of French citizens who felt that that was wrong. And they formed what they call the resistance movement. There were some very famous people who were part of it. Uh, whoever could prove their loyalty to France was, was allowed to participate because they thought, they felt like it, the situation was desperate in that country. And it was. Had it not been for resistance fighters, much of what happened to the good in that Second World War would not have happened. They formed intelligence cells where they would gather intelligence to help the Allies. They formed cells of guerrilla fighters where they would um, secure arms and arm the people. Uh, They infiltrated some of the concentration camps where Allied forces and French forces were held. So they were a very powerful and very effective tool against an oppressive regime. These people uh, resist oppression, and that's what made them uh, noteworthy. That's what made them successful, because they were resisting the Nazi oppression in their nation. Um, The American entertainer Josephine Baker was an expat that lived in France much of her adult life. She was part of the resistance movement as well. Some of the places, cafes and and places where she would, cabarets where she would sing were underground cells. They would actually house people in the basements of these places and keep them hidden uh, from the Nazis. So these, these, and these resistance forces form what's known as a fifth column when the main liberators come in. Now fifth column is real important to understand as far as warfare strategies are concerned because a fifth column is a grouping of people who are holding on for the day when the main forces of liberation come in and then they join the liberators who are coming in to a situation. And so there was a famous um, uh, dictator, South American dictator, who was ousted from his country. And he had gained the support of some troops and was going in to liberate the country. And someone asked him, how could you be so confident that you're going to get the country back? He said, I'm not just depending on the people you see here, but it's my loyal fifth column who are left in the country who are going to do most of the fighting for me and help me. And, and they certainly did. And so people who resist oppression, who resist invasion, illegal governments, are always important in keeping order and keeping justice and keeping uh, uh, things uh, free so that people can remain free. The people of France didn't. They refused to bow down to Hitler. And this is something that's very important. Even though their official government was going along with what Hitler had proposed, they decided they would resist and maintain their dignity and maintain their freedom. So they were a fifth column defense at the invasion of Normandy, which you know ended pretty much into the war. It was a D-Day in 1944. They provided intelligence on German defenses. And they evolved into what they call the French fighting forces of the interior.
So they became official just by resisting. Now this is important because if, if you understand anything about warfare, warfare strategies, you have to know that there must be people gathering intelligence at all times. You just can't go in and go take people. Um, and this is what we do when we study the word. You and I are intelligence forces to help understand the movements of the devil, help understand his strategies, what he wants to do, how he's working, how he's infiltrating uh, things like the media and social media and all of how people are being manipulated in their thinking and so forth and so on. And so they gained so much power and strength that they re- became the uh, an interior force. And I think at one point there was over 100,000 of them. And at the end of World War II there was 400,000. So they composed a very powerful and a mighty fighting force. Amen. They were the third largest fighting force in Europe. Second only to the Germans and the, and the uh, British. And so they had gained just from a little pocket of people resisting the powers that be. They formed into a mighty army. Does that sound familiar to you? Amen. Because that's going to be the history of the church. They started out full of power at the day of Pentecost and then diminished to just barely people holding on during the Middle Ages. There, was very, there were very few uh, people really preaching the gospel during that time. And one thing they did hold on to in the monasteries and places like that, they hold, held on to the history of the church. And you would find little pockets here and there, people who were uh, uh, praying and receiving miracles, so forth and so on. So there was a very dim light that was lit for about three or four centuries. And then, it, it, and then revival starts to hit. Somebody begins to pray earnestly and then God uh, displays a greater light. And we get things like the Protestant Reformation, and then we get the um, uh, the Great Awakening in the United States. Now you got to understand that whenever revival happens, there is a great awakening and liberation of people in the secular as well as the church family. It's got to happen like that. We're no good if we don't affect the lost who are out here and lost in darkness. So this nation really was founded during a time of uh, Christian revival. This is why our Constitution is the way it is. Because of the effect of all of these great things on people's minds and hearts, we get birthed a, 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 a governing a legal document over a nation of people that has stood the test of time for over 250 years. And it will still stand. Amen. Because in this nation now we have a resistance that you know and and, uh, it is resisting a duly elected and sworn in president of the United States of America. And so it is taking the name resistance as though it's similar to what we've seen in the past but it is totally illegal. You need to know that the devil will hijack any term any uh, 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 understanding he will hijack these things and try to use them for his own uh, uh, means this uh, resistance movement in the United States claims that they are fighting like hell quote unquote for democratic norms rule of law and constitutional rights 
they uh, want to fight to get the duly sworn in president out of office by boycotting, resisting, and protesting. Now, their funding, they don't tell you where their funding comes from, but it is pretty much known that it comes from uh, this global um, uh, uh, movement. It's part of a global movement uh, called the Illuminati and a, a group of global people who their, their, their um, goal is to form a one world government. Now, we've seen this before. We saw it at the time of Jesus. We saw it at the Tower of Babel. Whenever some force comes to want to rule the whole world, guess who puts a stop to it? The Lord Jesus Christ. And he does it through his people, the church, resisting the forces of darkness that are coming to consume us. One of the biggest tools the enemy is using to resist our government here is political correctness. And that is the control, it's the, the totalitarian, totalitarian type control over our thinking, over our words, and over our money, our ballots, whatever they can control. They're trying to control it through constant media pressure against a duly sworn in and elected president of the United States. I remember when I was watching, I, I thought it was kind of odd. And people were saying that uh, Donald Trump was running. I said, well, he's finally running. I'll see what he runs as. But I had not heard the prophecy about how God had chosen him. And uh, as I was watching, they kept playing that clip of him coming down the escalator at Trump Tower. And the Lord said to me, Daddy's home. And so I thought to myself, well, to me, that speaks of apostolic authority in the church. But he said, no, daddy's home back to the nation of America. And so when I saw how upset uh, the, the Democrat people were and crying, and, and, and then that scripture came to me, Jezebel mourning for her children. You got me? And so when you think about it, what have we been fighting against for 30 years <clears throat> with our, pre- our prayer manuals, the forces of Jezebel, Ahab, and Pharaoh? Jezebel always lets everybody do what they want to do. She's very liberal. Very, you know, she'll, she's the one, Jezebel's the mother who gives her kids candy all the time. They get fat and they got diabetes and heart disease when they're 10 years old kind of thing. Why? Because there's no daddy to discipline the children. Amen? My uh, Pastor Shirley's husband would come home and throw all the sugar pops out and everybody would be screaming. And he said, you're not giving these kids all this sugar. This stuff ain't good for them. So you either had to eat Wheaties or cornflakes and get a little bit of sugar to put on top, put some fruit on there, but you were not loading up on sugar. You understand what I'm saying? So with one move, Daddy straightens the house up. Amen. And everybody has to fall in line. Amen. You need two parents. And for a long time, this nation has only had one. When in the last election it got very obvious about the Jezebel power that works to control this nation and other nations. We're not the only one. Um, I kind of followed this with the the, uh, gifting of the Statue of Liberty 
to this nation. You know, there's a twin statue over in France. There were two of them made. And what that did, it was connecting us to a global force. You see what's happening in Europe now, right? And then there's, they are borderless. So they can't stop all these people that come and just walk into their country. They live on the streets. The streets are littered with tents and feces and people just sleeping anywhere and looting and robbing. Uh, In some countries, they even have warnings for women not to go out at night or a certain time where they used to be able to go for free with no problem. Why? They formed a European Union with one currency and their their um, the one of their laws what they would remove all of the borders from every nation so where one nation you can move freely across Europe from one place to the next with no border checks no nothing like that and they opened up their countries to whatever wanted to come in now they're being infiltrated with people who are not there to be a part of things they just they just freely come and go that's why there's so much anti-wall rhetoric in our nation because we want to build a wall to keep our nation safe protect our people you got a right to be protected when you pay your taxes and so now they want to make us like Europe that's why they hate President Trump because the first order of business for him was to go on that nationwide tour and tell people it was America first no we're not signing your treaty to for you to come over here and do what you want to do we're going to take care of our people uh, the way we promised and so this is why there's so much uh, quote unquote resistance against his presidency the other thing is God picked him I'm sure of that you understand what I'm saying because of his position against abortion that's number one we've been praying against that for over 30 years and we want to see Roe versus Wade reversed amen the Supreme Court is not right about everything you gotta understand that they do some things they're human just like anybody else uh, this isn't the first time they've moved against human life. Amen. Anybody remember the Dred Scott decision? Dred Scott was a man who had never been a slave. Hello. He was a free man. And he was apprehended as a slave because of the color of his skin. He, he had worked uh, for a, a plantation owner, but this man had never enslaved him. He had never been enslaved. In fact, he had never really lived in the South. This was a case that happened in the North and he traveled South. Well, the Supreme Court ruled on whether or not he was a citizen. And they said this. He is because he is a, a part of a culture of slaves. They ruled that he was not a person. He was property. And he'd never been a slave. You got me? And the same thing with abortion. They keep saying a fetus is not a person. Well, when does personhood start? You got me? And so here we go with the same thing over and over again. Dred Scott was eventually reversed, but it's on record that the Supreme Court has ruled that certain people are not people. And here we go again. And so these things are part of the written judgments that we rule against the devil. No, you don't create anything. You don't get to call a person not a person. 
you don't get to kill babies in the womb just because the law says you can so we resist that law in the name of Jesus because Jesus is Lord and all life is precious all life is ordained of God all life is here for a purpose all life has meaning all life has significance and so we have to stand on what God gives us we don't make this up you see all the people who march and protest and suffer persecution and get you know junk thrown on them and stuff when they go and stand in front of an abortion clinic they're not doing that just for the fun of it they don't do it repeatedly over and over again for years now tens of years just for no reason they're not this is when when you see people doing some of these things they're either totally oppressed and mind controlled or they're under a higher authority with a high standard because that standard is too high for a human being to have conceived of it you got me being out there bad weather good weather rain sleet snow people you know mocking them trying to run them off the road making fun of them all that kind of stuff that's too high a standard that's too high a price to pay for it not to be sincere and ordained of God some of the things you see people in ministry do people go to foreign countries and i was (laughs) laughing at some uh, women i met they had been on a a tour i took a bus and went on a tour and and just for a little break they drove across america preaching the gospel for a break they decided to go over to africa because they had an invitation for some people and they were laughing they said oh gosh you remember that place we went we didn't have a bathroom for like three weeks that makes your head crazy and they thought it was so much fun they said remember that they said oh that was horrible you know and just laughed about it kept going huh why because there's a higher power that's driving them to do this and it makes sense to them because they got official orders to do it so we have to look at some of these things a lot more critically folks you got to put your spiritual head on and take your emotional head off take your soulish head off and start looking at things and evaluating them ask God to help you make the right decision that's what I do God I can't tell beans from cornbread in this this soup right here so help me to <laughs> to make it out and see what's what's going on right here so we are the original resistance the body of Christ Christians we're the original ones all the ones that are doing good in the earth derive from God's resistance amen it started out as a a, um, a group of um, angels in heaven their leader decided to rebel against God so he took a third of the angels of heaven with him all his followers followed him they were not able to persuade the other two-thirds why because God's not a loser amen that's what you got to remember you follow God because he's not a loser I don't care where he leads you he will not lead you to destruction he will not lead you to lose he will not lead you to suffer loss or not prosper or not be blessed or not have what you need amen so we follow him because he's not a loser he's a good God 
He's paid the ultimate price for us. We are redeemed from the powers of darkness. And we have to continue to establish that on a regular basis. Amen. On a regular basis. So we are the resistance against that resistance. The enemy resisted God in heaven. He fell to the earth, took one third of the angels with him. And they are now, uh, I would say, demoted to the level of being called demons. Amen. So the demonic level is a demotion from where they started. The Bible clearly says they lost their first estate. Amen. And it's lost eternally. They will never get back any of what they had from the beginning. And so that's because they are, they are created differently than human beings. They are assigned a different uh, a spiritual uh, makeup and spiritual abilities. So their, their fate is eternal. They will be locked up eternally for a thousand years and loosed again and then locked up again. And so God has a plan. Amen. Uh, God has a plan. If it were up to us, we'd kill the devil. But, you know, where do you hide the body? If you kill him, somebody's going to go look for him. Amen. So you can't do you got to go along with what God says is the way to, to deal with that. So, <clears throat> in James 4 7 says the way to resist, submit to God first, resist the devil. And then it's up to him to get lost. You resist him and then he goes. You don't have to chase him two and three and four different places. I found that out. I found that many times as you resist the devil and you take authority over him, he will attempt to convince you that he doesn't have to obey you. Amen. He'll try to get involved in something or he'll make it make it known that he he's not leaving right away or he tries to resist you. But then you must stand on the word of God. You can't just say, well, it didn't happen. God, what's wrong? The devil won't obey me. Of course he'll obey you. you got to believe it first. So he is testing our ability and our desire to believe God. That he must flee. The Bible says he must. Brother Hagen gives an example of, of that. And how uh, he was talking about how God had given him. The Lord Jesus had visited him and given him instructions. For to know the difference between a devil in, in, uh, inhabiting a person's soul. And infecting their health and all that. Uh, between just a... a um, uh, bodily healing that they need and so he told him you know if certain things happen it's a devil and you take authority over it and it'll leave and so brother Hagen was praying for this gentleman and uh, it was a devil and he told it to leave and then he told the, the man to bend over he said and he said see what happens so what do you think is going to happen? He wasn't healed. So the man's back was fused. It was He was stiff as a board. He could not bend over. So he prayed for him. Twice he did that at the altar and it wouldn't leave. And he said that the Lord stood over his shoulder 
and reiterated what he had told him and he said yeah Lord I did that and he didn't go and so Jesus said I told you he repeated it twice and brother Hagin said yeah I did that and, and it didn't go and the Lord said I told you he says and he said and I told you it would leave you know real loud like that and brother Hagin said when he said at that time he said I got it <laughs> I told you it would. And (laughs) you see how easy it is to let doubt creep in. You know, you you have an off day or you woke up late or whatever, whatever. Your mind someplace else. And just small things will cause your faith to slip over into doubting. See, when he told the man to bend over and see if. That's doubt talking. If is always doubt. And so just tell them to bend over, you know, and let God do the rest. It ain't your job. See if something will happen. And sure enough, he left if out. And the, the man bent all the way over and has been healed ever since. And so we have to understand that Jesus is the head of the church. He gives us instructions for success. And we have to follow those instructions to the letter. You can't compromise on them. You can't. Uh, fudge around with them and, and mix them up and add a little here, subtract a little there because you know what happens is God will give us revelation. We'll sit and hear stupid teaching from somebody who has no revelation and pick that up. Why? Because your soul likes to tell you that you're not secure in what God gives you. He likes to make you think that you, you didn't hear that right. And Oh look, that's brother so-and-so. He's got this big ministry on television. He knows. You got me? So stop it. Stop credentialing people above God. You got me? Listen to who God puts in your life to instruct you and forget this other stuff. You know, I don't see why people are always trolling the internet looking for something. I think those people just like what's novel and what's they're looking for something to elevate themselves. That's what I always believe. You know, you're, uh, oh, I, let me go and see what Benny Hinn's saying this week. And then I can get around my Christian friends and mess their heads up and blow their minds with my great knowledge. If your knowledge is so great, why aren't you a bigger soul winner? Why can't you get people healed? Why? Well, that's the direction you need to be going instead of trying all this exotic, you know, new stuff that's not new. The devil's old. You know what I'm saying? He's pretty old. And so it, nothing new is, uh, is, is here under the sun for us to get all worked up about. But some people live such insecure lives in their own minds. They're always looking for something to feed the body of Christ. Go find some sinners. See, they're scared of sinners. You understand what I'm saying? They're scared to go up and talk to a stranger. Scared to ask God to use them when they go to the restaurant, the supermarket, whatever, whatever. They're scared of that. And so when we see that, we need to understand that, that the enemy can easily get in there. And instead of us resisting, we go along with his program. So we got to stop that. You got to stop having all these little secret, grandiose desires and stuff like that. Stay humble. Just stay humble and live. That's the way I look at it. You, you'll live if you stay humble. So, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Man, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, why did he said therefore? 
Amen. It says verse 4 verse 1. For where do wars and fightings come from among you? Among believers. Don't they come because of your lusts that war against your members? Wanting to be somebody. Wanting to be knowledgeable. Wanting to tell people how to live. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have. And cannot obtain. In other words you never get anywhere. You keep declaring you're going to be this. You're going to have that. And it never goes anywhere. You fight in war and you don't have in it. Have anything because you keep fighting for it and forget to ask God for it. He says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. So if you've got fighting, envy, and strife in you, you're not uh, asking out of righteousness. So you go to the throne of God so you think looking for something. You don't get it because you're, you don't have the right spirit upon you. He says you're adulterers and adulteresses. Know you not that friendship with the world is enmity against God. The biggest enemy of the church is friendship with the world. You'll see people who are prominent in the body of Christ. And you see them ask, get asked the question over and over. Uh, will people, is homosexuality a sin? All they need to say yes and give them chapter and verse and keep it moving. Well, um, well you know, and we don't want to drive people away from the church. You don't want to drive no sinners in either. You want to check them at the door. You get them blood bought and washed at the door and then come in. Huh? I hear Rick Warren has taken the cross off the top of his church because he doesn't want to offend anybody. You got me? So let's get a grip, folks. Just because they write a lot of books and have millions of dollars and real popular, that don't mean that what they have is for you to listen to. You stay with what God has given you. You learn how to resist the devil. You know, learn how to submit to God and stay out of the devil's camp. He said friendship with the world is enmity with God. The world. Your backslidden Christian friends. The ones who don't live right and you're still their friend. Well, you know that... Uh, 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 uh. You know, as Christians, we need to make friends with them people that make us feel nervous and insecure. Because of what they carry. They have such a presence of God, you can't even get close to them and keep your contact short with them. Those are the kind of friends you need. See, because they're in a place you haven't attained to yet. When you got to drop down in order to be friends with people, there's something ain't right. Now you need to come up. Amen. Just just improve your standards. Improve your outlook. And improve. You know what I'm saying. Now those are the people we come to like Nicodemus did at night. Coming to Jesus asking questions. You don't want to know them in the daytime. You don't want to be their friends. But you know where to go. We had people like that for years send people to this ministry. So-and-so sent me here. And I said, oh, we haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, well, but she said, you, you, them, people, them watchmen can get you free over there. And they'll help you. You'll you get healed over there. Yeah, but they don't come themselves. Gotcha. 
so they don't they know better though they know when when god's moving on them to make sure people get help <laughs> a lot of people like that you know when you're a prophet you gotta deal with stuff like that you understand what i'm saying it's like if you keep checking yourself for like you know what's wrong with my chopped liver you know did i put my deodorant (laughs) if you keep doing that you'll never function the way god wants you to function some people are called to be rejected and despised remember him our lord and and you know they speak about you in the corner but when they're in trouble ringy dingy you got me and you gotta love them you gotta minister to them you gotta help them why because you're a servant of god you're not looking for a popularity contest you're looking to do what god wants you to do amen they'll go and give their mother money a big offering somewhere and come over and you gotta feed them so you what do you you mean come on what you gonna do let them starve it's true it's yeah, you feed them for, for five and six years while they broke with no job. Then they get a job and go down the street. And, oh, they made me a pastor. Just make sure you don't die in your sins trying to be something. You know what I'm saying? It's, we love you, but you cray. Huh? Yeah. Somewhere for a title. <laughs> You know, it's good. It's a good thing we do. Everything is unto the Lord. You got me? Because if you look for people to repay when you sown it, nah, I learned that a long time ago. They'll take what you got and go run someplace else and spend it. So whatever. But anyhow. So he says, that, he says, do you think the scripture in verse 5 says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy. Amen. So you got to understand that, that you, like anybody else, can veer off course at any time. you got to stay true to God on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute basis. But he gives more grace. Amen. So even though you've got all that working against you, he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble, and therefore submit yourselves to God. So we serve in a grace ministry. Amen. A ministry of resisting the devil is a grace ministry. We have been graced by God with all of the equipment, the knowledge, the understanding that we need in order to fight on the level we're called to fight. If anything is above your level, God will send help for you. He will always bring you an answer. He will always bring help to you. So there's no such thing as a helpless Christian. There's no such thing as a Christian who just can't get it right. I don't have enough faith, right? There's ways to get everything that you need in order to successfully resist the devil. Amen? So submission to God is the key to all of this. Once you're submitted to God, then you're open to receive every help that he has for you. We're to resist the devil in all forms. However he comes to us, whatever lie he tells us, even the ones that sound good. Amen. Submitting to God allows us to put God in control of what we see, think, hear, and believe. So that's extremely important. 
Your seeing's got to be accurate. Your hearing's got to be accurate. Your believing's got to be accurate. And your heart must be pure. So when you submit to God, you are seeking an increase of who he is in your life. Amen? You are, are seeking to increase in authority, increase in understanding and revelation. You're increasing in every area of need so that you can successfully resist the enemy. You've got to be under God to be able to do that. You've got to be under God. I, I, I laugh at people who think that, that these, you know, all this persecution against Christians in this country is going to work. And I said, you see those words, one nation under God, as long as that has been said one time. It don't make no difference what you believe now. It don't make any difference what you do now. It don't make any difference what court you go to and get permission to come out from under him. We ain't out from under him. Because it's already been written. See, this nation was dedicated to God. What's dedicated to him is still dedicated to him. That's why Israel still has that same patch of land they had all of them. Because that is their land given to them by Almighty God. He don't care how many forces of whatever come against that he'll raise up somebody I mean the unlikeliest people (laughs) to to vouch for what's his name Richard Nixon wound up being basically I'm not a crook he was a crook you know he, he resigned in disgrace but he was the president long enough to send arms to Israel so that they could survive that seven day war and get victory and there were so many nations against they had Egypt they had all the Arab nations against this one teeny little nation with no no guns no tanks no nothing they had uh, uh, something like 5,000 I mean it was like straight out the Bible I said I'm reading the Bible being written again here it is you know, if you study these things, I'm called a study war. You are too. But you, you know, hear and, and make note and listen and understand. You got me? Uh, um, these historical things, you know, I do them because I'm trying to help you understand and make sense of things. It's not to flaunt my great knowledge of history because I don't have any. I'm just giving you what's pertinent to what we do here. So don't skip over this as something, you know, that's not not important because it is it's very important because these patterns of war are established out of eternity there is no war that goes on on this nation that god is not in the midst of it they are the one war that started in heaven fell down to earth and we've been fighting that war against good and evil ever since and so god wants us to to understand these things about how wars are fought, how strategies are made, how God is involved in things. You gotta look for God involved in things. Forget about the color of the skin of the person in office. Forget about who was the first black this, orange that, gray this, pink that, woman that, man that, and look for where God is. Get out of get out of the political 
uh, mentality of religion and all that kind of nonsense and start understanding God. A lot of these preachers that, that are, are have something to say all the time are trying to make themselves popular. I wish you'd understand that. And start listening for what God is saying in these situations because God is talking, folks. I've been praying for 30 years for God to start using prophets to direct world affairs. And he's finally doing it. Who's he doing? Some little sick fireman that couldn't even get his head up off the bed while God was speaking to him. Who else wants that job? Skip me over. I'd rather be healthy. You understand what I'm saying? So let God use who he wants to use. You judge things by the spirit that's behind it. Because we all can do that. We're all spirit filled. So you can judge where God's speaking and what he's saying. And learn how to line up the right way and take your part in the army. Amen. Just do what God tells you to do. So when you submit to God, that puts you under the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what you want. God gives us the power to resist the devil in our thoughts and in our words and in our actions. So you've got to resist him all the way down the line. You can't get up and start trying to preach the right thing but your heart someplace else. You got me? Or, or not have a clean thought life before God and, and uh, understand how to cast out thoughts that don't come from God. Take a stand for him. Amen? You need to know that our enemies are his enemies and his enemies are our er- enemies. So we inherited this war. We didn't start it. We're heirs to everything that belongs to Jesus Christ, including the warfare. Amen. But you're on the winning side. If you let yourself be, you let yourself get free of influences that massage your flesh and you'll be fine. Amen. Some people feel important when people call them to pray for them. And they know good and well they shouldn't have contact with those people. You got me? But they do it anyway because that makes them feel good and important some kind of way. Amen. You know, learn how to just let God choose your friends. Give him that authority one time. It'll shock you who will disappear out of your life. You got me? It'll shock you the conversations that will come up a few notches where you don't have to listen to people's nonsense and their fleshly whatever they talk about you know you elevate your your thinking elevate your standards elevate your expectations from people who contact you hello elevate it just put it up a higher standard god you know what i've been running around here with these same crazy people i grew up with in the church and i need some new friends i need to the, i want to go out higher i want to go out on the same low note Gravy. Some of those people have never really turned to God with their whole hearts. You got to believe for a deathbed conversion on them. You know the ones that play church all their life. They've never been converted. They where their soul is totally sold out to God. It's just playing around, leading people alone. You don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. You got time for pure people to come into your life who are going somewhere. In God, you know, haven't listened to their fleshly banter all day long. So God gives us power to resist the devil in our thoughts, our words, and our actions. So that is where we take a stand for God. First place is in your life. 
God this is my standard this is what I want to see come into my life this is what I want in my life his enemies are our enemies and vice versa in Ephesians 6 it outlines for you what you're up against and what you have authority over whatever you're up against you have authority over there's no two ways about it there's no iffy so get iffy out of your life huh well, I've been talking to my symptoms and they don't move of course they don't because you don't believe they will when you start believing they will you'll change your confession and they'll start leaving you alone <laughs> mm-hmm. I can look out at some of you and see progress made in your authority you understand what I'm saying it, it, it just is that way it's that way it, it, the progress is evident when you start believing the word submitting and executing that word in your own life so Ephesians 6 tells you in verse what is it verse 12 or we wrestle yeah 12 and 11 it says in 10 it says finally my brethren this is the end of the letter be strong in the Lord if that weren't possible he wouldn't tell you to do that so if you're thinking about yourself as not capable I just got you know I don't know about this authority stuff and every time I talk to the devil he don't do nothing shut up be strong in the Lord that's what Paul's telling you not in how you perceive strength but in God be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might or his strength put on the whole armor of God that includes your confession you straighten up your little mouth and you'll probably find a lot of strength that you didn't know you had before and even if your brain is telling you to resist the word as long as your mouth doesn't go along with it you've got half the battle won when your mouth stops oftentimes your brain will go along with it your brain will say well we're not getting no action out of the mouth so maybe we'll think about something else that's pretty much how it goes got me if you think something you've got a chance to save yourself by not saying it you think something goofy now if you're one of these people that is sloppy about it God will expose you you got me he'll expose your thoughts to you classic example is somebody will uh, do something and before you think about it you've called them a name or you said something angry or you had an outburst that's God exposing you and telling you clean up your thought life you got me you because you can do it you get exposed for things that you've resisted doing that he wants you to do that you don't take care of got me so you can do this you can clean up your thought life to where you don't have to have these outbursts you know and you don't have to walk in a place where you try to hold on with your own strength to keep yourself under control you can be pure inside and out that's what God wants he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood 
to put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the wiles of the devil the strategies the deceptions that wily, uh, wiles refer to cunning crafty he is cunning and crafty he knows how to watch you for a season and see you getting weak and slip in there so he's a wily devil we wrestle not against flesh and blood so forget about people but against principalities powers rulers of darkness of this world spiritual wickedness in high places amen you have to give things over to the submission of God you have to you in order to get victory hmm? I remember the first like five or six years of my salvation my husband was the problem I wanted to kill him at least once a week not unless it was Christmas maybe we had okay once every other week except Christmas Christmas it was all good everything was happy and my birthday everything was all good but you know what I'm saying (laughs) problem is old sidewinder kill this old whippersnapper gotta have some help hiding the body though you know you go think about something else and so the go think about something else got permanent that's when I submitted to God and I quit wrestling against flesh and blood he was never my problem the devil deceived me into thinking that for a long time you got me and so once you submit those and that's what it means submit to God let God have this don't pick it up anymore don't pick it up as a problem these people are not your problem quit criticizing everybody and putting them down as though you know they're not you know what I'm saying you just got to submit it to God let God have it and then we can resist the devil and he'll flee we're doing a lot of resisting and he's not going because we're not really submitted to the Lord we're still hanging on to a little got me Hmm? I love you but you better not let me catch you down a dark alley we're almost there but not quite got me do a little more work huh remember Miss Wada poor Miss Wada she was all upset about her husband when she first came to ministry I said why don't me me, you and Pastor Shirley go grab him I said you drive I said leave the hard stuff to us too because we're real experienced in this kind of stuff we just get that brother and beat him up put a a blanket over his head do like the mafia hit him with a sack of oranges so it don't leave no marks we know exactly what to do so she quit crying and laugh and we'd have a good laugh about it until she was healed you got me we did that with a lot of we did it with ourselves did that with a lot of people on you know this you do what you got to do amen <laughs> so finally we let it go and submitted it to god amen i said yeah that brother you just ain't got his attention yet we got some attention getters <laughs>
was so funny. We we did that. I think forget who it was. Some of the younger kids that kept wanting to to um, go and go to bars and stuff like that. And I think Pastor Shirley and I decided we was gonna have a sit down. So I don't know who we got to drive. Maybe Tony was driving or something. But we waited outside of his job. We got about midnight, so we're sitting out there, and they dragged him, put him in the back seat between. <laughs> And they called her Ma Dukes. Ma Dukes, you, you found me, Ma Dukes. I'll do good, I'll do good. You know, you, can, you know, you do a lot of things to save these young people from, you know, life of just letting the devil use them, you know. But don't put it past us to go pick out the... And some people, you know, you pray for them and not going anywhere. Sometimes you need, as a pastor, you need to do it. <laughs> that wasn't hardly pastoral, but we just couldn't get them in the office. We moved, we had a portable office that night. Amen. <laughs> a portable office. Yeah. So we prayed for them, let them out the car. Take that to you, buddy. So, uh, but but you know, you you have to be able to talk to people and reach them. Sometimes young people, you do some crazy stuff in order to reach them. <laughs> but we we reach them for a season. You got me. So, but you you got to know, you know. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen. <laughs> for, for a season, we might. But you're fighting spiritual wickedness in high places sometimes the young people don't know the trouble that's ahead of them if they keep going on the road they're going so he says wherefore take unto you the full armor of god he says it twice that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all the stand so once you outfitted yourself you get the junk out of your life you get the crazy people out your life quit quit letting them feed into your life and then get yourself in a position where you can totally submit to God, then you can expect the results of God. Amen? So expect the results of God. Amen? Why does the devil do this? Because he wants to take us captive and devour us. It's not just about you praying against certain things and I'm either pro, for, or against. There's a payoff for you if you're on God's side, and there's trouble for you if you're not. So you can't just be neutral in a war. You have to decide what side you're on and get on the right side. First Peter 5.8 tells us he wants to devour and capture us. Second Timothy 2.26. Let me see what that says. It's probably the same thing. Similar. He wants to devour us at his will. Second Timothy 2 and verse 26. Yeah, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who is taken who are taken captive by him at his will. So you submit to God, the devil has no will to take you. He may want to, but he has no power to take you captive. Amen. What God does, he, it lasts forever. You stay with God. Make sure you stay with God. Amen. So he wants to take us captive at his own will. 
Second Corinthians 10.5 If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things become new. We know that. And then we take captive all these thoughts that come against the word. Amen. Any thought that comes into your head, you've got to measure it against the word. Now the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll, you're, you, you'll be irritated or grieved in your spirit when something's not right. So he is the one who monitors and helps us. 10 verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. Don't let your thoughts think anything and everything. You have discipline over your thought life. You have control over what you think. So you cast down imaginations. These are mighty weapons to the pulling down of mental strongholds. So you don't have to be uh, dependent or, or a victim of your own past, your own upbringing. All, you don't have to be anybody's victim. Not anymore. So you're casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Until you get peace in your heart. That you're not convicted anymore then after you've done that you're ready to revenge disobedience once your obedience is fulfilled so in other words you can't take authority over something outside of you that you haven't taken care of inside of you this is what got Jimmy Swaggart in trouble he was having trouble with sexual lust so he started preaching hard against it. Preach, preach, preach. You can't preach yourself into repentance. You've got to take care of that in the throne room between you and God. And you've got to stay in that word. That same word you're preaching to get people saved. he got a ton of people saved. It, that works also for you. So there came a day where he couldn't hide it any longer. And he got exposed. And so we have to understand that sometimes you get hard on things because you haven't conquered them yet. All you had to do was get in his own prayer closet. You're leading people to Christ and you don't trust him to clean you up. You see, a lot of times, you know, religious religious doctrine tells you uh, you can't have a devil after you're saved and this, you know, you, these things can't happen to you because look at how many people you get uh, don't go there you got to live clean you got to quit this nonsense get your, get your mind shaped up get your head shaped up get all that stuff shaped up amen so we resist him steadfast in the faith trusting that God is there for you trusting that if you have uh, things in your soul that shouldn't be there you have lust thoughts you have greedy thoughts you have uh, thoughts where you're never satisfied with your life all that restlessness take care of that stuff you know God has a, a place of peace for you to abide where you don't have to be harassed by thoughts of inadequacy or you longing for this or longing for that you know, you get on the internet and you start trying to find quote-unquote friends and taking little side trips with them and all that kind of stuff. You have to resist that stuff. Amen? So he wants to take us captive and devour us. Amen?
We're to resist him steadfast in the faith. Amen. So take a brief look at Israel's history of resistance. Amen. Um, in First Kings 18, the nation of Israel, we know, was, was established by God. They were given the laws of God to, to keep those laws, to num- number one, obey them, and to look for God to continue to guide their lives. You know, be consistent. Um, here we see Obadiah, the prophet. Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord. Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them in a cave and fed them bread and water. So here we see a man under the gun resisting the oppression of legitimate authority actually in, in Israel. Israel's authority was legitimate until they disobeyed God. When you see a king and a queen in opposition to God, number one, Jezebel had, you know, all the groves and all that stuff uh, to the God of Baal, and, and there was Baal worship in Israel at that time. And so she was trying to influence the prophets to work witchcraft and evil, and Obadiah resisted that. You know, they had schools of the prophets in those days, and he took them all and hid them in caves from Jezebel and from Ahab. And so there's a resistance against evil corruption, amen, in their government in Israel. And so uh, that's one example of Israel's history of resistance. You'll see other ones where the children of Israel disobey God. They do evil, what's evil in the sight of the Lord, all that stuff. And once that that gets to a fever pitch where they're not prospering, can't get crops, can't live, they're suffering loss and lack, then somebody cries out to God and he sends a deliverer. What's the first thing the deliverer does? He gets rid of all the false worship places. He destroys the high places. You see that over and over in Israel's history. And that's really what God is doing in the church in the earth. He's getting rid of our high places. Anything that feeds our flesh and keeps our focus away from the things of God, he is destroying those. Amen? So look for him to do some cleanup, folks. And I'm talking in our lives. Don't be looking for somebody else, but look for what he wants to clean up out of you. You're the only one who can respond to the things that he has for you. Amen? So he's doing a cleanup job in in his people. He's The Amos 9.13 comes to us I believe to settle the issue of is God going to provide for me it's going to settle that it should settle it once and for all for you so we don't have to have more teachings on how to get your finances right and how to believe God for more money and how to believe we don't need that anymore if you haven't gotten that as a benefit of the covenant, then Amos 9.13 ought to settle it. If you don't have enough, God will accelerate and multiply what you do give. But God will take care of you and bless you. End of discussion. Now let's move on to what he, what is near to his heart. 
because he wants to bless us he's promised to bless us we got to believe that and keep living keep moving move on to something else and that something else has to be whatever it is that's near and dear to God's heart besides taking care of us and that is the lost out here that die every day because of drug overdoses because there's nobody out there on the streets really giving them the gospel uh, and we're not all hiding in caves either you know from the from the enemy some of us just don't care so God's got to get us to the point where we care amen and if that means stripping us of some stuff that that we hold dear then so be it we, we got to get on to what's really important to God we're important he wants us to know that however there's more in this world besides us amen so in Judges 6 we see the story of Gideon now here Israel again has suffered because they have not been obeying God not the way they're supposed to this is an interim period for the nation of Israel this is after the era of Moses and Joshua the nation of Israel kind of fell away because uh, Joshua could see which way they were going at the end of the book of Joshua he tells them to make up their minds who they're going to serve so already people have started to fall away and he says but for me and my house we will serve the Lord Amen. famous words because he saw people walking away from God walking away from serving God so here we enter the the uh, era of the judges where there was no leader in Israel because people didn't want a godly leader they wanted to do what they wanted to do and they begin to suffer for it Judges uh, 6 verse 1 through 3 verses 1 through 3 tells us what's going on they did evil again in the sight of the Lord he gave them over to oppressors and captors he did that number one because they were serving that God so if you want that God he'll let you have that God so they were serving the God of the Midianites but that God was not a good God he oppressed them and so the Midianites began started playing cat and mouse you know how a cat sometimes will play with his food just because he's not hungry right now but he will eat it at some point so the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel and because of the Midianites the children of Israel made them dens which were in the mountains and caves and strongholds so they have moved out of their tents and their freedom of living and they're in bondage in caves any god that's not god will get you in bondage just watch you know it's 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 unfortunate to watch but you see so many christians just being led off the cliff to slaughter because they don't discern enough to know when they veered off course and start in abandoning submitting to their own God and submit to another God yeah they'll do it for a lot of reasons your political reasons financial reasons 
can't get to work. I, they won't give me a day off work. can't get to church because they won't give me time off from work. Well, you're not trying to. It doesn't take much faith to get a, a Saturday or a Sunday off to come to service. You know what I mean? Once you just abandon yourself to accepting it, that's when you've caved and gone over to the other side. See, church isn't as important as you think you say it is. It's gotten to be less important. So you have to continue to fight for these things because God's ordained for you to be in a place of worship for him. I don't care what, what your boss tells you. Now, that, it, you didn't used to be that way because most businesses closed on Saturdays and Sundays. So you see how the devil has creeped in? God, well, you need two paychecks. No, you don't. If your faith tells you you can live on one, then let your faith tell you you can live on one. You want to because it's acceptable. You've got to make sure it's acceptable to God to live that way. Amen. It's, it's, it's caused a lot of problems that have been unnecessary for people to have to live through. So anyway, um, Gideon here, it, it says, uh, verse 3, it says that they were living in dens and mountains, caves and strongholds instead of where God placed them. He gave them land to dwell in. So they've had to abandon the, their God-given land and go running away from the enemy and so it was when Israel had sown in other words they, they get their little patch of land they put some food on there and then they are, are um, then Midian comes up and takes everything away from them before they can harvest the crop the Midianites come in they bring all the camels they graze it all up they eat it all up and they leave Israel with nothing this happens over and over and over again. Then God finds a man, Gideon, who has harvested a little bit of wheat and he's hiding in a wine press threshing wheat. So he's trying to make a living in the wrong place. You thresh wheat on a wheat threshing floor. You don't do it in a wine press. So he thinks that's the last place the Midianites will look for him. He's hiding. You serve Almighty God. You got the Lord God of the universe, and yet you're hiding from an enemy. Amen. Trying to disguise what you're doing. Amen. Gideon, because he's called of God, he begins to obey God. In verse 16, you see where he submits to God. So he resists. The, the devil amen he's threshing wheat in a wine press so that's resistance he's not giving in to the enemy but he's hiding he is resisting but he's hiding the angel of the lord appears to him and talks to him and Gideon kind of complains and says well if God is for us why, where are all the miracles and where's our food that's what he's asking where's our stuff so in verse 16 it says, And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you will kill the Midianites as one man. So we're reestablished now. Once you submit to God, you hear from God, you get a strategy, and now you can begin to resist the enemy. But you've got to follow God's strategy to AT. Don't get excited and think you know it all and go start trying to do stuff and and it fall apart on you before it gets done. He makes an offering to God. That's verse 19. 
The next thing he does, he builds an altar to the Lord. Verse 24. Permanent establishment of worship. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for somebody to do it his way. Wipe the slate clean. Get rid of all this old crazy stuff. So he built an altar to the Lord in verse 24 and called it Jehovah Shalom. In other words, the God of peace lives here. The next thing he does, he destroys the altars of Baal. That's part of the resistance. Is to take down that which everybody loves that belongs to the devil. Get to the source of your problem. The source of your problem is false worship. The source of your problem is you're looking up to the wrong entity for your help. The source of your problem is you're depending on maybe on the government to do things for you and to always be there for you. You need to look to God. You got me? And so he begins to do that. He tears down these altars. In verse 31, he confronts the principality through his father. Once they found out the altars had torn down, Gideon was too afraid to do it the daytime, so he did it at night. God says, cool, as long as you get it down, I don't care where you do it, how you do it, and who you use. The next morning they get up and find out it's torn down. They ask who did it, and Gideon's father said, my boy did it. And I'm going to kill you if you try to touch him. So here he's got his father converted. His father used to own the groves, you got me? And so they're Gideon is beginning to resist and more people are resisting with him know this god has a lot of people wherever you are if you get
nation. That's anarchy. That's being against what our government is doing. And we don't realize how strong a voice fake news has gotten to be by fomenting hate and hatred and lies. Donald Trump is not a racist. If he is, then let God handle it because God put him where he is. You got me? It's not your business. It really is not. It's not your business to get on Facebook and, and repost and share things that keep hatred going. You can't do that and please God. You got me? You don't click like on things that tear down things that God is establishing. He holds you, holds you accountable for that. So these are subtle ways the enemy is coming to tear down our authority in the church. But I know one thing, as long as you stay with God, your power is strong, your power is good, your power works. But don't get over into that gray area where people are telling you things that you know are not true. Just because you don't know why they're doing it. And many of them don't know either. They're just angry people. You've got a lot of angry people in this nation who are angry about a lot of things. But I'm going to tell you something. God is still God. I don't care how messed up the rest of the world is. He is still God. He is on the throne. And he has a good plan for his people. Amen. And the rest of the world. Father, we thank you for your love and for your understanding. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to understand these things. We must understand current affairs and our place in them. We're not just people who are here to pray and do nothing and see nothing happen and go through a a ritual and go through a, a, a form with no power. We are powerful people in the earth and we thank you. Keep us on your side, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God.